living right the execution real walk and stay cool stay cool cause it's hot outside and get your body outlined and chalk i left the institution real talk living right the execution real walk and stay cool stay cool cause it's hot outside and get your body outlined and chalk what up what up what up you are back in the mix I want to sound like a DJ from Welcome to Slow Jams. Now, this is the Across the Intersection podcast. We are in the building once again. Thank y'all for rocking with us. This is AJ. I'm in here with Dan and Ragu. What to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always, you can find our podcast disseminating on iTunes, Google Play Music, and if you don't have those, you can always get us on SoundCloud across the intersection um hit us up on facebook all the other social media twitter um at facebook it's across the intersection um you can follow us on twitter at across this um and definitely you can hit us up individually on social media i am at divinimous d-i-v-e-n-o-m-o-u-s a lot of letters um you can hit me up on twitter uh, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Um, think I'm a little too old for Snapchat, so I'm not on the chat. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm still not on Twitter, but you can hit me on, up on Facebook. <laughs> my name Daniel Unger, or you can check out my blog, Diary of a Redeemed Center at WordPress.com. All right, you can hit me on uh, Instagram on it. I'm at Goo the Tech G U E underscore T H E underscore Tech T E C H. Not tech is in tech nine. Yeah. Blah, blah. All right. So I know you guys haven't been on here in a while. So what y'all been up to this week? What a, what's, where you at? Man, I had a Before lovely just... vacation. I had oh, that's right. Out in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Fortunately, you know. Not Houston, though. Not Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the people in Houston. We got y'all in prayer. Yeah, we're on vacation as well in Ocean City. So. Everybody living it up. I'm the only one. Ain't... We actually going on vacation next week. Yeah, I normally do my. That's the benefits of homeschool. You don't got to take your vacations in the summertime. So we're, taking, <laughs> <laughs> we're taking our vacation the second week of September. That's how we get down in the Williams household. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep giving my shots out to uh, the Big Three Commissioner. That's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Big Three in the building. <laughs> oh, man. So it's, you know, this week, guys, you know, we're just going to, I think our. Um, we're going to be centered. You're going to see a, a particular theme this week. And it's just, uh, you know, normally you you guys know if you've been listening to us now, um, we we have a, a little segment called This Week in the News. And it's, you know, when Christians put foot in mouth and just do foolishness publicly. Um, and, you know, we laugh and we make light of it. And it's, you know, because honestly, it's kind of funny. Um but this week, I think the almost the whole tone of the show is probably going to be that this week. Um, so, you know, this might just be this podcast in the news. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Because um, there's, you know, there's, there's this, we, we try to keep, you know, for, for the most part, we, we try to do things, um, keep things current and, you know, talk about current events and give it to you from a mature perspective, um, you know, not you know, we, we, we do our best to not seem biased, you know, although it's human nature, it's, we're going to be biased at some, you know, at, to something. Um, but we at least want to look at things ob- objectively and, you know, try to give a mature perspective. So um, Christians, man, stop doing stuff. Stop doing stuff publicly that, you know, 
I don't know. Should be discussed privately. Yeah, that, that probably should be discussed privately. So I don't know. I'm gonna toss this out to you, to the two vacationers since you know you guys have been out of the loop. Y'all been on vacation, living it up. I've been here grinding, working for the man every night and day. Um, and we got our vice president of social outreach back here. You know, she's actually live posting, so you'll see live posts. Live um, is let's let's just get right into it. This this Nashville statement. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have have seen this, you know, and for the the folks out there listening. And, you know, this is a couple weeks ago. This is not, you know, brand spanking new, but let it set in for a couple weeks. Let it kind of sit in and, you know, marinate on your mind and, you know, let you come to some conclusions and, you know, to have have some thoughts about it. So um, for those of you listening who don't know what I'm talking about, the the Nashville statement um it's I guess it's a little bit more than just a statement, but it's a declaration uh, made by some Christian leaders, some evangelical Christian leaders um, in regards to a lot of things. They have a preamble. They have uh, 14 articles and we're going to get into it, but it was something that was done publicly. The, the reason I'm talking about it here, as we said in the past. Um, this is not to, you know, make people look bad, but once you do something publicly, it's open to be scrutinized. That's the nature of doing things publicly. And so we just want to just chop it up a little bit about this Nashville statement. Um, it is it is what they're calling a, a response to Western culture becoming more post-Christian, um, a response to the secular, quote-unquote, secular spirit um, presenting a great challenge to the Christian church. Um, feel like this is a response needed. I, they feel like, I'm, I'm, I'm using their t- words, not mine. They feel like it's a response needed in this generation to once again, you know, declare God's, you know, I don't know, sovereignty, declare his standard or, or what have you. And so they, we're going to go not into everyone because like I said, there, there are 14 articles and a very long preamble, but that you guys have had a chance to sit down and kind of marinate on it a little bit. What what are your initial thoughts when you looked through and and read that that Nashville statement? Yeah, so the the actual statement that itself the articles, I've read through them and I actually for the most part agree with uh what what the articles are stating. Um so I don't have any issue with the statement in itself, I guess the the issue is how how it's being presented, um, and whether this is something to be done in house or rather than having the world view it as a whole. Because once you put something out there, uh, it's it's open to misinterpretation. People are going to take it whatever way they want. Someone with a particular banner viewpoint is then to read one of those articles and saying, Oh, y'all just saying that cause you hate, you hate gays or homosexuals. And again, let me just again, bring some context to it that, yeah, the, the Nashville statement, as AJ said, uh, you know, they have written a response to the shift in the culture, primarily what its focus was on, uh, seeking to affirm traditional marriage and um, acknowledge uh, 
homosexuality, specifically homosexual sex, the actual act of acting on the homosexual feelings or transgenderism as sin. And all these are, yeah, these are traditional Christian values. This is nothing new. Um, so what they're, they're not presenting any, any new information. Uh, it's not some radical <laughs> thing, but it, again, when you, even, even in the preamble, when you're talking about the, the spirit of this age and dealing with the shift in the culture, when you, when you put it out there for everyone to see what kind of response do you think you're going to get? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, if, if you do uphold these traditional values and, you know, you broadcast it, you are going to get a response, uh, from your detractors and they are going to, and there are many, <laughs> yeah, definitely, and, definitely going to cause uh, some, uh, separation. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the question is, okay, what, what caused them to come out with this statement? Why did they feel it was needed at at this time? Um, and yeah, the whole uh, the whole spirit of the age thing. And uh, just, well, let uh, me just tell you who yeah. who sponsored it. It was sponsored by the Coalition for Biblical Sexuality in partnership with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. So that just can kind of give you an idea an idea of who we're talking about. And who's know. making this kind of a stance. Yeah. Yeah, so... And again, the whole spirit of this age and what, what they're saying there with... Uh, like the whole uh, culture is being secularized. It's always been secular. We, we've always had to deal with this There's stuff. There's always been a, a godless Christian. sense yeah. of people amongst us amongst everybody so and you know i just want to jump in and and kind of resound what dan was saying about these articles they are very much uh focusing on the sexual orientation of believers um and you know i i absolutely agree with these these articles but one thing that definitely we got to keep in mind is we believers that is is that it's just like putting like the ten commandments at your doorstep like, are these things lived out, or do <laughs> right. I have to put something physically to be shown and demonstrate that I'm making a stance against something? Yeah, no, definitely. And I looked at, you know, I just was quickly strolling, strolling, scrolling through the um, signers again, because you have to look at the way things are presented. It, You know, we have to, this, you know, and what I was telling you guys bef- before we started the recording was like Dan I agree with much of what was said because much of what is said is taken out of the Bible and I still believe the Bible right I haven't changed that you know they haven't gotten that from me yet Batman (laughs) Um, is the way that it's presented though you have to scrutinize that that has to be scrutinized you know if 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 the Bible is authority and they're taking the scripture and they say okay this is in the Bible okay that is that is beyond you know that's above my human scrutiny but what is not i don't think is your presentation and when you present it in a way in which you're trying to sway i personally think you're trying to sway the uninformed christian 
who does not operate in discernment. Now, you may say, yo, AJ, why are you saying that? When one of the links on the statement's website is the signers, like that's one of the links. It, it, it has the preamble, it has the articles, it has the downloads, but then it has a link to show you who has signed it. Why is that important? Why is it important to see who signed it? Oh, let's see why it's important. Maybe because John MacArthur has signed it and uh, James Dobson has signed it. Ooh, okay, let me scroll through. Dennis Rainey and Bob Lapine have signed it. Wait a minute. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sway the uninformed believer with no discernment. So that uninformed believer is going to come and click on the signers first. And they're going to see their favorite big time preacher on here. And they're going to say, oh, this has to be strong. I don't even have to read it. I don't even got to read it. Not if if John MacArthur and John Piper have signed it, I'm, I'm good to go. And then you then that's where it's problematic. That's where that's when it's like the Ten Commandments just sitting on your door. That's when it's I don't I'm not even going to go into it any further. If Alistair Begg has signed it, I'm, I'm good to go. And this is not a knock against any of these guys. But this is why I say, you know, that particular bias and, and, and that slant, because if I if I'm the uninformed, if I'm the immature and I just scroll through and I say, oh, I listen to these guys on Christian radio. These guys are Bible, you know, theologians. They're knowledgeable. Right. Uh-huh. And if they've signed this thing, not only am I going to buy into it without reading it, I'm going to probably sign it as well myself. That's problematic. So my particular issue, in addition to the way that it's presented is some of the the statements that are made. Um, I think one of the most problematic words used in the majority of the articles is we. Um, because when I say we, I am including, I'm, inclu- I'm inherently including <laughs> others. Well, who are the we? It, uh-huh. Now, we can be naive and think, oh no, the we are just the people who signed it. Let's not be naive. They're making statements for Christians. They're trying to sweep up Christians mm-hmm. because there's only been, you know, a few hundred people that have signed it. I mean, so we're not mm-hmm. talking about goo gobs of people. When you scroll through even the entire list, that may be a few hundred people, maybe, right? They're saying we as in all Christians. They're trying to sweep up everybody. So when you when you did not have any sort of buy-in how can I be included in your statement? Mm-hmm. But when you present it, this is where Christians, I think, make mistakes because we don't realize the way the world perceives us. We talk about how we perceive the world. The world perceives us as, that's all you, that's all you guys, all, all you are crazy. <laughs> if three of you are crazy, you're all crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They, they view the collective. We try to parse ourselves up. Oh, they're Southern Baptist and they're Episcopalian and they're this, they're... To the world, to, we're talking to the godless. They're just like, that's, no. all that's foolishness, <laughs> right? All of that's crazy. I don't mess with none of it. They don't say, I don't mess with Episcopalians, but Baptists are cool. No, they like, could care I less. All of y'all less. are bundled together. <laughs> so we're all bundled together. So we, we that that word we is a very problematic word. The, the signers part, I, I think, is very problematic. And then just using that term we, because... You can, we can, these types of things can be said and, and, and it's fine, you know, because it's taken out of the Bible, right? But to make this extra declaration, I'm not sure 
why it's even necessary. I'm not even sure why this Nashville statement is even necessary. If I'm talking to people that I walk with, to the men and women that I walk with, I can tell them just in regular conversation, hey, listen, I think the Bible speaks clearly about homosexuality because they talk about homosexuality in the statement they talk, which is I was glad they they included other stuff because Christians have a bad habit of just ostracizing homosexuals but they talk about homosexuality they talk about premarital fornication transgenderism so they they do hit on a few they even talk about um, fidelity in marriage mm-hmm. they talk about adultery so again these are all great things to discuss as Christians I love that you know, like I said, one of the things that really irks me is the church's obsession with homosexuality. So to see that they did hit on these other things was good. But to feel the need to have to make this public thing, I'm not sure it was necessary. I don't know. Yeah. And then one of the thoughts that I was just thinking about with when you started mentioning the signatures was like, who is this going to be presented to? Why are we signing on something though? I if I'm agreeing it to it, am I presenting it to 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 the politicians and trying to sway to get something done and moved in society, or what's the the functional purpose of signing? Am I agreeing with it for a specific purpose? And honestly, I'm, I I just don't see the value in that. Yeah. So, just to again piggyback on well, a couple comments that uh, AJ you made, and then Ragu first of all about the signatures i i do agree it's kind of like you know this is a like a you know, I think when i see the signatures there i'm thinking like declaration of independence mm-hmm. or something like right, that right you know exactly. what uh and is this and the whole weed thing is this a that are they declaring this for all christians or what are they declaring you know i see a lot of christian leaders and i don't in particular i don't have any problem with anyone signing it mm-hmm. um I, I do see uh, aj's point about how you can read a certain leader signature and then buy in if you're naive i mean my hope would be everyone who looks at it will actually read the statement and discern for themselves whether they agree with it or not and not simply this goes for everything that we do just because your favorite pastor or preacher signs off on something. I, I, there's a lot of pastors who I really like. I agree with 95% of what they say, but there's that 5%. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to follow just every, overlook that 5%. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to sign off on something just because they said it, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my research. Okay. Is this true? Cause he may be right 95% of the time, but that 5%, we just can't like Ragu said, we just can't overlook that 5% and just, just sign off on something just because our favorite pastor did. So, um, as far as again, this whole, you know, quote unquote obsession about homosexuality, I see, you know, a couple different things with it. I, I do see it. This is a major talking point right now in, in the church, homosexuality and transgenderism. So I, I I do believe it is one of those hot button issues that um, the Christians are divided on. You've got some on one end who don't believe that it's a sin. 
You've got some on the other end who take it to the extreme and um, start persecuting or belittling people who are homosexual or transgender, uh, where, you know, a a balanced biblical approach is to affirm, okay, this is what the Bible says, but we are called to love all people, regardless of whatever their sin struggle is. Um, But, you know, I, I can see some sense in, okay, them wanting to address this issue, but this is not the only issue mm-hmm. then that we need to address. What about the other hot button issue right now, which is racism? Uh, let's make a Nashville racism statement. Yeah, come on, come on, guys. Let's, let's do something with that. Let's mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. jump on this one issue. Let's jump on all the major issues. If we're gonna, I don't, I don't have a problem targeting or them discussing this issue if they discuss all the other issues. Um, so we we need to. Yeah, we need to be balanced and not hypocritical in what we present. And this is where I think this Nashville statement, and, you know, I might piss some people off with this one, but I don't think this is necessarily a Christian thing. I think this is a, this speaks to your point. This is a Republican conservative thing. This just drips with Republican conservatism. Because if this is, I want to declare God's kingdom, that sort of thing, then like you said, Dan, I'm going to hit on everything. I'm I'm not going to remain silent on these things over here, right? But then this thing, I'm going to get so loud. I'm going to be so loud and so, you know, in your face. But these other things, I'll remain kind of silent on. I'm, you know, 45 just ended DACA. I'm going I'm to be silent on that because that speaks in opposition to my Republican conservatism or police brutality. I'm going to remain silent on that. I'm going to just keep that to myself. But this, oh no, we're going to get loud about this. We're, we're going to get loud, very loud and have a website and take donations. And I don't know where the money's going, by the way. You know, but you know, I don't know who gets that cash. Maybe the signers get some cash. If no, they're giving out cash, I'm going to sign it. Then they, I, maybe they, I'll sign it. So they're literally taking donations. Some dividends. Oh, yeah, there's a link for donations. So if anybody out there listening, if y'all know if they're giving out cash for the signees, I'm going to go ahead. I might have to put my <laughs> straight cash, homie, like uh, Randy Moss. Anyway, you know, so we get very loud about this kind of stuff, but we are mm-hmm. silent mm-hmm. on other things, right? That's why I'm like, mm, is this necessarily for Christians believers or is this just dripping with Republican conservatism because Republican conservatism would get very loud about homosexuality and loud about transgenderism right and loud about the sanctity of marriage which are all great things but they're not the only thing right they're not the only thing they turn that into the only thing and they are quiet about some of these other things and so that's again going back to my original point I think that's my problem with this because they they made a, a statement in the preamble um there are two sentences in the in the preamble that are you know not, you know very problematic for me um it talks about how evangelical christians and this is at the very first paragraph evangelical christians at the dawn of the 21st century find themselves living in a period of historic transition western culture has become increasingly post-christian And it has embarked upon a massive revision of what it means to be a human being. That's a problematic sentence. I'm going to pause there. And then the second paragraph starts with the secular spirit of our age presents a great challenge to the Christian church. That's the first sentence of the second paragraph, the second sentence of the first paragraph. So let's start with the second sentence of the first paragraph. 
Western culture, I'm, I'm repeating this, Western culture has become increasingly post-Christian. It has embarked upon a massive revision of what it means to be a human being. What it means to be a human being. Let me remind you people what the church at one time thought it meant to be a human being. The church co-signed slavery. There were chaplains on slave ships. There were Christians who signed the Declaration of Independence declaring African peoples three-fifths of a human being. So that is what it means to try to revise what it means to be a human being. But the church remains silent on that. Let's keep going. The secular spirit of our age presents a great challenge to the Christian church. The secular spirit has always been a challenge to the Christian church. This, again, is why these types of things will sweep up the uninformed, immature believer who walks in no discernment. For God's sakes, Jesus Christ himself was crucified. The spirit of this world has always stood against the Christian church. To think that in some way now, in 2017, all of a sudden, things are getting so out of hand that God has lost control of things is so nearsighted and so short-sighted. It is unbelievable to think that leaders would think that I have to make this extra statement on top of the Bible publicly in order to try to win back some sort of ground that's been lost by God himself. God, if God is as powerful as we say he is, these types of things are not necessary publicly. Privately, sure. If I'm talking to people that I that I personally disciple and I personally walk with, I'm going to tell them, you need to watch out for infidelity in your marriage. You need to, you know, be chaste before you're married. Transgenderism, homosexuality, whatever. But to have this big to-do, this big show, I mean, it's almost like a big show. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, 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 you know, and website and sign and donate and pew, pew, pew. It's like, really? Um, I'm not sure. If, if, if we're going to do that, then we have to do one of these about everything. So speaking to you, Coalition for Biblical Sexuality, you, Southern Baptist Convention, are we going to do one of these for every single thing in which stand against the Bible and God's kingdom that's in the culture? Then we should be preparing one of these statements for the you know significant amount of racism that's still in this mm-hmm. country, right? We Charlottesville just happened. So is there going to be a Charlottesville statement? I'm waiting for the church to make a Charlottesville statement. Well, first the ch- the church in Charlottesville needs to rise up, but that's, that's yeah, and, and stop marching with you know whatever. <laughs> so I'm yeah I'm I'm saying that to say we all have a responsibility, and I don't you know when you ostracize one group of people. It is human nature that they will then band together. That's why this does not help. This does not help if I'm a homosexual Christian struggling with my homosexuality, right? And I understand that in my mind there's a dichotomy. Yeah, I'm, you know, I got these urges. I have this sexual desire and I want to do this Jesus thing. But so there's a wrestling in my heart. Then I click on the CBMW's Nashville statement and I read this statement. I'm going to be like, man, F these people, man. I'm going to do me. No, you bring up a very good point. I was definitely thinking about it as Dan was speaking, just about the division that it caused between the people of uh, the Nashville, the Nashville. people in Nashville. Just say, for example, hypothetically, somebody is dealing with homosexuality and wants to repent. Mm-hmm. And then you come out with this blasting statement against against homosexuality and against these urges. Instinctively, you're going to be like, hold up. Forget this. I'm just going to yeah. keep doing what I'm doing and not turn back. 
Yeah, so we, we, we just got to be a little bit better. I don't know. Again, I agree that it's stuff that needs to be talked about. We just got to be better at how we do it. That's all. That's my whole, you know, I got on my little soapbox there just now, but you know, we just got to be better at how we present it. That, that's all I'm saying. We got to right. just do better at the way we disseminate this kind of, you know, instruction from the Lord. All right. So I just have a quick response. I don't know, AJ, if you could, I want to say it's Article 8, if you could pull that up. Yeah, let's see. Article, because they got them in Roman numerals. Article. <laughs> they had them in Roman numerals. V-I-I-I. There it is. Okay. All right, Article 8 reads, we affirm that people who experience sexual attraction for the same sex may live a rich and fruitful life pleasing to God through faith in Jesus Christ as they, like all Christians, walk in purity of life. We deny that sexual attraction for the same sex is part of the natural goodness of God's origi- original creation or that it puts a person outside the hope of the gospel. All right, so I, I do want to... I'm sorry to do a counterpoint. I do believe that, uh, again, there's a reason why I agree with the statement itself, and mm-hmm. that article is is pointed towards it. It it if you if you read that article with the right understanding, you see that it's not it is saying that those you can have these desires uh, and still live a godly mm-hmm. life. So it's not condemning homosexuals or transgenders. But the whole issue is that if you come come to it with the wrong understanding, when you put when you put the statement out there public, you're inviting scrutiny and you're inviting misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. I believe that the statement itself and articles like Article Eight, eight are, are being done with the right heart. But the issue is 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 this a conversation to make public or to keep in the church right because i i do believe if you come to right with the right understanding it's not condemning homosexuality it's not saying you know there's no chance for you at all but if if you already have the mindset where you know ragu and aj you mentioned like you're are you're having that battle and you're unsure about you know whether you want to follow christ or not and and you kind of read into mm-hmm. it and, you know, your own, and you may have dealt with persecution from other Christians or mm-hmm. made some comments, then you're going to read your own feelings into it and come away with what you want. So again, the article itself, I'm fine with, um, but, and I, I do believe that it, the article or the, the statement itself, I do believe that it's, it is somewhat balanced, uh, but it, Maybe it isn't a conversation to make public, but maybe keep so more so internal and just to again piggyback on your whole statement about what the preamble in this post Christian society and all this and has has this society ever been truly Christian or right, is, exactly. is is it more That's so is is our facade being pulled back and now we're being made more uncomfortable as Christians. We're not able to be lack lackadaisical in the society where if you uphold you uphold the Bible, now you're, you know, seeing that okay, the now you're truly seeing the society doesn't doesn't uphold the Bible. Yep. But that's mm-hmm. is the society has never up truly uphold the Bible. We've just been living under this facade because they've tolerated christian ideas for so long yep. or 
you know, this Christian ideal, but it, it hasn't, it wasn't, it hasn't been true Christianity. We've been, it's been cool to identify yourself as Christian on, in the public eyes while, um, beating your wife or committing, <laughs> right, exactly. uh, committing, uh, yeah, just infidelity no, you're, you're in your you're marriage. Exactly right. You've been doing that, but as long as you identify yourself in the Christian eyes, it's a, or identify yourself as a Christian in the public eyes, it's a good thing. But now it's not so cool to be a Christian. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Like, let's this, make a Nashville statement. Like, yeah. there's, right. you know, what does the Bible say? It says that all who desire to live godly will suffer persecution this is not a new thing it's not like what are we gonna do what did christians do in the first century all this that we're talking about now the homosexuality transgenderism all that that was the norm in roman society that i didn't see a, a nashville or a roman statement <laughs> a roman or, statement a roman that. statement yeah Back I guess read Romans. Yeah, the no, book they of just, Romans is the Roman statement. What did they just? They just went around. They preached the gospel. That's that's what they did. They didn't make around declarations. Well, this is what we're against. This is what we're no. Let, let's preach the the gospel in the midst of the Roman Empire was the most godless society. Oh gosh, we can think about, and we're mm-hmm. we're griping about what's happening here. Yeah, so Christians, we got to we got to be better. We got to be better at just the way in which we present ourselves. That's all. Yeah. I think you know the the things that that are being said. Um, we just got to be better at presenting ourselves. So let's 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 be better. All right, all right. So, you know, last month, our friend Louis Farrakhan um, was at a Christian church, and he made some interesting statements, um, and it was caught on video. It's an interesting thing about the 21st century. Everything's on video. And um, so he he made some statements, and like like, like most, like we, we talked about this before the recording, like most times when someone of a certain celebrity makes uh you know endearing statements christians love to just jump on it and you know co-sign it so i'm going to read to you some of, the, of what mr farrakhan said and then we're going to chop it up a little bit so this is what farrakhan by the way farrakhan is 84 i don't know farrakhan's an old dude um so here's here, here's what he said i thank god for guiding me for 40 years absent my teacher that teacher being um elijah muhammad so my next journey uh, will have to answer the question. I'm going to say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Pull out the King James on that one. I know I'm not guessing that Jesus is alive. My Jesus is alive. I know that my Redeemer liveth and because he lives, I know that I too will pass through the portal of death, yet death will not afflict me. So I say to the devil, I know I got to pay a price for what I've been teaching all these years. You can have the money, you can have the clothes, you can have the suit, you can have the house, but me, you can't have. Now, that that kind of language obviously will endear him, right? Because he was in a black church, right? So that, that kind of language will immediately endear him to you know, the uninformed believer. Oh, he mentioned Jesus in his statement. He said the word redeemer. 
uh oh, wait a minute. Right, this sounds like a, to the Lord. Right, he might have come to the Lord. He's he's using some of our buzzwords, guys. He's using our buzzword. He even said liveth. <laughs> he said liveth. That's a Christian word. Liveth if, is a Christian. If, if he said thou, it'd be all. I know, right? If he said thou, they, they might have fell out in worship. <laughs> if he would have said thou redeemer, huh? they might have ascended. You know. Remember that that Ray Lewis joint from Saturday Night Live? He was like, there was an old SNL skit from the last time Baltimore won the um, Super Bowl, and it was like, Ray, what you gonna do when you win? I'm gonna go to the 50 yard line and just ascend to heaven. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's that's what would have happened if um if 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 he would have used uh, thou. So so Mister Mister Farrakhan comes to the church and and says these things, and then of course Christians, you know. Forward, forward the video all over social media. So it's all over Facebook, Twitter, etc. With things like Farrakhan's come to know the Lord, right? He's come to Jesus, you know, and they're essentially co-signing Farrakhan now. Now, the reason I think it's problematic is not for the what Farrakhan said as much as the fact that if you've been in the nation of Islam or any false belief, right, for 40 years, 40, I'm not even 40 years old yet. So he's been doing this longer than I've been alive. And to think that a couple of statements can now uproot all of that life that you've been living, right? That is extremely naive to believe that. Now, even if, and that's even if the statement was 100% legit. If he said, you know what, I prayed the prayer, I've, I've met with some people, I want to do this thing, and I know that Jesus is alive. Okay, boom, I can dig that, right? It happened to Saul of Tarsus. I can guarantee you at the moment of his conversion, everybody didn't believe him. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee um, you a uh, prophet didn't believe him. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you, you see that in, yeah, in Acts. In Acts, like, right, yeah. Conversion, they were scared they of him. They were scared <laughs> of him, yeah. Ananias told God, like, yo, I'm not going over there. All right, even after some time being with the disciples or apostles at that time, they, they, still, were, feared, they still yeah. kept distance from Paul. So I can understand that. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting all that into context because even if Farrakhan's, right, comments were 100% legit and he was like I want to come to Jesus I want to get this thing right 40 years is 40 years you don't just undo 40 years with a snap of your people think that God is a magician sometimes a God just comes out poof and now a rabbit comes out you know right cleanse my slate of all the things that I've experienced there's some work that has to be done that Philippians 2 working out your soul that Mm -hmm. that would have to be done in an 84 year old man who's been a minister of another belief structure for a lifetime 40 years is literally a lifetime so now that's again I'm saying that to say that's if the statement was 100% legit. And genuine. And genuine. Farrakhan is a slick dude. He knows what to say and when to say it. Right? He knows he was in a black church. And he knows, let me you know, throw in some King some James things. jargon. Let me throw in a liveth. And, 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 and I'm going to have them on my side. Mm-hmm. He was at, a, he was at a, a Washington church. So he was actually around here. They, they don't give the name of the church. Let me see. Yeah, they, they don't give the name of the church. So the, the name of the church is, is never said. I guess if I dug deeper, you could find the actual yeah. name of the church where he was at. But he was around here. So Yeah, I think I I wish I had written it down. But when I looked it up myself, I did see the name of the church. But, but yeah, like you were saying, Farrakhan has been doing this for 40 plus years. This is not his first time in a black church either. 
He will preach scripture out of the Bible. He will use Christian lingo. Um, so we need to dig beneath the surface beyond uh, just, you know, what he said. Um, and like you said, AJ, even if even what he's saying was purely was genuine and that, OK, OK, he did accept Jesus. He did turn to Christ. You know, we we need to wait for fruit. Yeah, you know, we need to to see that. Now, again, like you said, it was a big F. But when we look more into a statement on, you know, a lot of Christians are are jumping on. Um, you know, one thing, one comment that was made in there was talking about he he's gonna talk to the devil about the price that he had to pay, and people were thinking of of his teachings that that always repentant of his teachings. No, he's saying that the devil is going to persecute him because of what he has been teaching, that that he believes that what he's teaching is the truth and that he's going to be judged. He's saying that, oh, well, if he loses his, his house and his clothes and all that, you know, if the devil takes that from him because of him or him preaching the truth, uh, then he'll be all right because... You know the devil can't take his soul, so he he is not denying what he's been preaching at all, and you gotta understand his redeemer and our redeemer are two different people. Um, Nation of Islam and and Muslims in general affirm Jesus as a prophet. They greatly affirm Jesus. They reverence Jesus, but not not as God. They don't. They, you know, may view him as a Messiah, but they don't view him as God as as we as Christians do. So we we need to understand that when we're whether it's a uh, Farrakhan making that statement or us talking to someone who's um, Islamic down the block that they are going to affirm Jesus. They will say some things that mirror what we say as believers, but they have a different def definition of who Jesus is than what we do. Yeah. I, you know, I like what you were saying, Dan, um, I'm about to say Elijah Muhammad, Louis mm -hmm. Farrakhan, he's spoken in churches before. So this is not his first rodeo, right? This is not his first. So it's, it's almost like you knew that he knows what to say to that crowd in, in that environment. So I don't, you know, listen, not that I don't put any fault on Farrakhan. I think that the man has to be held accountable for his own actions. But who are the leaders of the church that invited Louis Farrakhan to speak? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, who are the leaders who are co-signing these statements without any fruit? Again, and, and I'm going off the, off the premise of what if it is 100% legit? I'm not going to co-sign that. Regardless, even if it is. I'm going to have to see some fruit. I'm going to have to see some people who can attest to... The change of his life, because mm -hmm. again, I'm going into 40 years is a long time, right? Before we even delve down into the the analyzing of his, his statements, on the surface, it already looks shady. Like on the surface, I'm like, I don't even need to go any further because it's too many cats co-signing like, oh yeah, yeah, Farrakhan's down with it. What it, what it shows is, you know, the... The like it's like that constant need for Christians to feel like they have to have celebrity cosign, 
Mm-hmm. You know, whenever any celebrity, anybody of any notoriety mentions the name Jesus, all of a sudden we just want to pull him in. Yo, Mace, he's down with us now. You know, Beyonce, everybody. Hey, Bono from U2. Come on, everybody come on. It's like, mm, I got to see a little bit more. I, I can't co-sign that joint off the top. Off the top, I can't co-sign. Now, praise God if they do and, you know, God gets them and all that great stuff. But I just, I can't co-sign off the top. I don't know. And I don't know anybody who can attest to it. Mm-hmm. So why would I then co-sign like, oh, yeah, you you know Farrakhan's a Christian. Now, he he said his Redeemer lit. Like, what? Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Excuse yeah. me? Yeah. When, I know earlier we brought up the Apostle Paul when he... When he got saved before before the church commissioned him to to be a missionary, he spent years. Um, where is that? They they're able to observe his growth for years. We're quick to elevate. It's about fourteen years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're we're quick to elevate. You know, like you mentioned, Mace and people like that. We want to. A celebrity says they're a Christian. Now we want to make them a pastor the next day and stuff. <laughs> no, like get some years under your belt. You mm-hmm. know, let's let's see some fruit. Let's see some growth. Right, I think that also goes with that infatuation with some degree of worldly notoriety that somehow translate into the kingdom, but in actuality, it requires some time of you to put down the things that you were essentially may have been known for. Now it's another thing if the Lord asks you to pick that back up and you know deliver it differently or what have you, but you're right, it, it takes people that witness your life and it's going to take some actual evident growth that you're you're having. And at for somebody at Farrakhan's level, who who would that? You see, what I'm saying like who, who the heck? who's going to check him, right? So that's why it's just you know we have to be very leery about who we co-sign, right? As as believers, we can't just be co-signing everybody. You know, there there are going to be people that I can personally attest to. Like, no, you know, I I knew that brother when, and now I know him now. So for Paul, that was Barnabas. Remember, it was Barnabas who had to go down, get Paul, bring him back up to the Jerusalem council. I'm like, yo, I can personally attest to this cat. I know y'all been hearing stories about Saul getting converted. So let me bring him up here personally as someone who's walked with him and attest to you this cat is down. Okay, boom. We know Barnabas, right? So we can trust that what he's saying about this cat, Paul, is legit. Who is that for Louis Farrakhan. Before, like I said, and this is even before we dissect the statements, right? Just off the cuff, is there anybody, you know, is there anybody in the room who, who, who can attest to this guy, you know? And if there is, then I can say, okay, now that you're saying that, let me dissect what he said. But we immediately just kind of co-sign out there. And I think, you know, for yeah. the uninformed believer, that's just a little troublesome. Yeah, and just to piggyback on what you said before, just the whole you know, celebrity mentioning Jesus thing, you know, it, it legitimizes us. Like if some, some big popular celebrity says, says the name Jesus. Now, now we feel legitimized. We feel affirmed. Now, now I can go around saying, well, uh, Mace is a Christian. Beyonce is a Christian. So it's cool to be a Christian. They're cool. So, so we don't, we don't feel as bad. Like, you know, when we're talking to others about being a Christian, when, some famous celebrity is a Christian and it, mm-hmm. no, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be jumping on the celebrity hype. What does it matter whether if, 
you know, Louis Farrakhan did give his life to Christ as opposed to someone on the block giving his life to Christ. Right. We should mm-hmm. rejoice in the, in the same manner. Yeah, I, I, we just got it. You know, I know it's it's human nature to, to want to, you know, have some visibility and notoriety, but I think that's that's the wisdom of God to call believers to do something that goes in stark contrast to human nature to to want to be a part of something that really isn't popping like that you know because we don't mm-hmm. want to be involved in nothing that's popping that, that's not popping so he said nope that's what i want you in to be involved in something that's really not popping like that that looks he calls it the foolishness you know mm-hmm. he's because to be involved in something that's not really popping that's really ostracized that's really kind of pushed out to the margins that's the thing that god will call you to be a part of that's in opposition to human nature, we want to be in. We want to be with the in crowd. We want to be in the mainstream. Yeah, I want to be in. That's where you know we talked about that Nashville thing earlier. That's where you know these things become problematic because we're trying to make something that I think is inherently pushed to the margins by God Himself. We're trying to make it mainline. Mm-hmm. I don't think God ever intended for Christianity to be to be mainline, which is why He would say, "I would use the foolishness." of God to confound the wisdom of this world. That is something that's on the outskirts that he's going to utilize to trip up that mainline thought. So for Louis Farrakhan, I know he he says he mentions my teacher and we know we, that he's talking about Elijah Muhammad. So it's clear there's still some connection there, right? He he says my Jesus that can be taken a bunch of different ways. Because in his eyes, Jesus is the prophet. Exactly. Is it my Jesus, my Jesus? Or is it his my Jesus? Like, you know, <laughs> this, this, that could be taken 10 different ways to Sunday. So he he says, my redeemer. Is he looking at Yeshua as his redeemer or still his teacher as his redeemer? So there's a lot of ambiguous ambiguity to his statement. Yeah, they're very vague statements. Very vague. But because he knows where he was. He knew he was in a church. So he was just sprinkling his speech with Christian jargon. And we fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Because in one of the articles I was reading, it said that the joint has been shared over a million times. A million times. Now you know at least half were probably Christians, right? I can can say probably half. It's probably more, but let's just be modest and say half. I would probably say eighty <laughs> percent, and then the other, the other is the right, exactly because first Muhammad. of all, you know, non Christians oh, don't care, right? And you know, so we're gonna be the ones like, "Yo, look, Farrakhan," and and we're gonna share it on Twitter and Facebook and all that. It's like, uh, so oh, Christians, man, we gotta be better. Let's be better. Let's be better. I don't know. It. You know, I just don't like these things, man, only because we put like, it's like we paint a big bullseye on our back just to, for people, you know, I do this in jest. I do this to make light, but there are people who actually do this maliciously and will use things like this to pick apart the Christian to church. To embarrass mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who who pick apart the Christian church. And so when we remain culturally ignorant, we give room, you know, we give room for, cause one of the articles, the one in Christianity today, it talks about how the nation of Islam and different religions like that can still take a foothold in the urban context. Well, when we do, you know, culturally ignorant things, we give room to cats like that. 
Because the church has chosen to remain culturally ignorant, we give room to the nation of the of uh, nation of Islam, to the five percent nation, to the hoteps, and all of that other kind of stuff. We give room to that because we have chosen to remain culturally ignorant. So I think we just have to be a little bit wiser about who we're co-signing, what we're co-signing, what we're being involved in, and what we should not be involved in. We just got to be better. That's all. I'm, you know. And, you know, if God chooses to grab this cat, Farrakhan, and, you know, change his life or whatever, like you said, Dan, it's, whether it's him or the guy on the corner, praise, praise God in both situations. One is not better than the other. Praise God in, in both situations. But Christians, we, we got to be better. Got to be better. Looking to make your ideas come to life? Because ideas can never die, you want to ensure that you are working with a skilled professional who can take your vision from abstract to reality. Let me introduce you to Darius Corey Designs. Darius is a graphic designer, illustrator, and photographer who has worked with clients ranging from large corporations to newly married couples just looking to memorialize their nuptial ceremony. From portraiture to logos and comic book illustrations, Darius uses his talents and passion to bring even the most vague ideas to fruition. Get in touch with Darius today at www.dariuscorey.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-C-O-R-R-Y.com or via email at Darius at DariusCorey.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S at DariusCorey.com. Mention this ad and get 20% off your first order. Please support our sponsors the way they support this podcast and let them know you heard about it at Across the Intersection. All right, all right. So, our buddy Kirk Cameron, you know old Kirk, old Mike Seaver. He um he he made uh uh I don't know Facebook Live post where where was this post at? Uh, oh yes, it was Facebook Live. Yep. So he he made a Facebook Live post in regards to. Uh, well, first off, let's stop. He was it was on um, Facebook Live. He was in an airport and he decided to post on Facebook Live. I just repeated myself. Facebook Live airport. Facebook <laughs> Live. You like that? Anyway. Um, and what, you know, for, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Kirk Cameron, you know, is an actor, um, and he was a child star and in his adult years had, has become a very outspoken Christian, um, you know, very outspoken about his faith and that's all fine and dandy. Um, he's done a lot of Christian movies. Yeah, you know, I know he did some left behind stuff and all of that kind of thing. So he's, he's done a lot. He did that other show with that other guy. Shoot, he had a the way show. of the master. Yes, the way of the master. Thank you, Dan. Um, so he's you know he's 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 of that ilk. Um, so he, he in in this post, um, Kirk talks about the the hurricanes and about how the the hur- I'm, I'm going to read it to you. He says, "When God puts His power on display, it's never without reason." These are Kirk's words, not mine. There's a purpose. Um, and we may not always understand that purpose, but we know it's not random and we know that weather is sent to cause us to respond to God in humility, awe and repentance. Um, and this was on a Facebook live post. Um, he says that the hurricanes were a display of God's immense power and he didn't send them without a reason. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying that that's not true, mm-hmm. 
right? Um, just like, Kirk, you know Harvey just leveled the city of Houston and Irma is getting ready to destroy the state Florida. of Florida. Mm-hmm. You sure this is the right time to make that post? If, you know, I know there were some people that have already died in the Caribbean, right? There were some people that died in Houston. There's probably going to be some people that's going to die in Florida. Is this the right time to make this post, Kirk? I'm, you know, that's where I'm at with it. Later on, when you when when people are reflecting and you, maybe you make this sentence or make make these statements, it's not taken. But right now, uh... yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know someone who uh, maybe you know had their best friend or their wife or husband pass away, and then you just go you know to say Romans eight twenty eight, you know, guys and work everything. Out to your good, and you know it's kind of like that's true, but is this the right time to be saying these things? Um, so you know, like we, you know, want to comfort the people, so we we say these things, but no, it's not the right time, you know. And I, I kind of agree with his statement, you know, that you know, God is sovereign, God is omnipotent, you know, He's in charge of everything he allows these storms to happen whether uh, directly causing it or you know indirectly whatever he he has the ability to to call the storms off if if he wanted to and you know so i i and i I do agree that you know yeah him the lord being in control of, of nature should remind us of how frail we are as humans and it should humble us. So I, I do agree with what he says, but uh, for those, like AJ said, those who are suffering right now from the effects of the hurricane, uh, it's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths. And so it might not be the best time to say, it might not be the best context. Maybe, you know, us, you know, having a private conversation. Yeah. Kirk. Amen. I agree with you, brother. But you know, but yeah, not not Facebook out for the last yeah. yeah, so again, my issue is not with the words that he said, but like you said, more so the timing and the context of him saying it. Yeah, if anything, it should be a video like, hey, you know, more along the lines of, of being more compassionate. I absolutely agree, and not necessarily trying to kick somebody in the just kicking them while they're down they're they're in a, a a position of just trying to get some form of relief and trying to bring bring back normalcy whatever that looked like to Houston and to these places that are about to be affected greatly you're talking about at least 10 20 years maybe of rebuilding right yeah so I, I think right what you just said goo is, is is spot on if if he makes that same video post and he says hey I'm praying for you guys Hurricanes are, you know, a devastating show of power, but, you know, we, we're going to keep you in prayer and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're showing forth the, the compassion, you know, now later on down the line, you can talk about some other things. And like Dan was just saying, talk about it privately, you know, but going on Facebook live and telling people that you need to be humble, (laughs) you know, and what, you know, you, you need to be in awe, you need to be, you need to repent and you need to be humble. Uh, is 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 that you? Are you sure that's the right time? Like in what you just said, go. Are you sure that's the right context? Are we sure that Facebook Live is the place that we should be doing that? 
or you know is it a private conversation is it you know maybe an email to some friends or you know a phone call saying you know i feel like god wants us to repent for some things whatever but you know the the ignorance of christians sometimes on social media platforms to me is just still astounding um to not think that there was going to be some pushback to to to, to not think that there was going to be people that would take that and misinterpret it you know mm-hmm. so i think the the sort of overarching theme you know of today's podcast is just you know when we're doing and we're saying things especially publicly um if we don't think about these things before we do it we shouldn't expect a particular pushback. We we shouldn't expect opposition to arise, right? Opposition is going to arise in general to Christian things mm-hmm. because Christian, you know, should not be the normal accepted way of thinking. It shouldn't be because we live in a fallen world. But when we do extra nonsense on top of something that's already inherently in opposition to the culture, right? We do extra to make it worse, we shouldn't be surprised when there's pushback, when there's opposition, when people are taking and and you know taking what we say in 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 the wrong way because we put it out there in in the wrong way. We just got to be better. We have to be wiser. You know, I want to end with this. There's a scripture in Luke where Jesus tells um, tells the people. He says, "No man first builds a house without counting the cost." Right. He takes inventory of what he's about to do because he said no man will start building a house halfway through, run out of supplies and then stop. He's going to be made fun of. He's going to be ridiculed. So before he builds, he counts the cost. He sit down, ponders it, takes inventory, whatever. Before we do some of these things that we do publicly, we have to sit down and count the cost. We have to sit down and meditate and ponder. Say, you know what? Is this the best way? Maybe I'm just feeling excited. Maybe God spoke to me. Maybe I feel like God spoke to me. Should my initial reaction to that be a Facebook Live post? Maybe not. You see what I'm saying? Maybe I come home, tell my wife. Maybe I tell some brothers that I walk with closely, whatever. We have to count the cost, I think, before we do some of these things publicly. And you know, the scrutiny and the pushback and the ridicule are one of those things to consider, you know, not that it's going to prevent us from doing it because there are going to be things that we do that people are just going to ridicule because we're Christians. But again, I'm, I'm talking about all of this extra, these extra layers on top that, that we put on. We have to just think about it and, you know, and think about it, think about it. Yeah. Let there be hope that you seek some counsel before just randomly putting something that you heard up. So, I like I like I think about this podcast. <laughs> so anyway, we we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. And you know, as always, we're gonna work to keep God in the mix at the forefront. Um, until they put me in the ground, that's what I'm gonna do. So for Dan and Goo, this is AJ saying thank y'all rocking with us.